following message is from the 2015 IBCD Summer Institute, equipped to counsel. Lord, I'm very thankful that you've brought this group together today to think about guarding against gossip. And we know this is an issue, that's why we're here, but we ask that you'd help us understand it better and help us practice the right kind of speech all to your glory. In Christ's name, amen. All right. Hey. So, guarding against gossip, we're on page 57 if you want to see the outline. And uh, just some starting out, did you hear about the pastor who was fired because his wife was telling gossip in the prayer meeting? That's a pretend story. But then that kind of like, whoa, who was that? What church was that? Doesn't it show you that we're just into spreading stories? And we're all guilty. But some of us are wondering, what do you mean about, you know, what is gossip? Because I sure don't want to do that. And um, I've got a few definitions. One is, it's speaking about someone in a way that defames, dishonors, or otherwise hurts character. Okay, and if any of you read Tim Challies, the blogger, he says, gossip is talking negatively about people who are not there or thinking the worst about them. Matthew Mitchell says gossip, the sin of gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. So it can be really subtle and it can be pretty obvious. Okay, so uh, we know that the first gossiper the one who, by this definition, thinking negatively about people who are not there, thinking the worst, bearing bad news out of a bad heart. The first gossiper in the Bible would be, well, in the garden, yeah, we had Satan coming in saying, did God really say you can't eat or touch this tree? He took the truth and twisted it. So, just the general criteria, and this is something that's helpful, I think. You're thinking, this gossip is something that the listener does not need to know, and it doesn't require my action. Okay? So there are times we need to tell what is happening, but this is our criteria. Does that person need to know, and does that person here to give action? Okay? So, let's talk about how bad gossip is. Uh, We've all seen examples in our families, haven't we? Friends, families, and relatives taking sides against each other because they heard something, they take up an offense for someone else. Um, We're told even in the Bible there's going to be division in families. That's over gospel mostly, but gossiping is like talk, talk, talk. What she did, and that just expands. I added another one from your outline, because I talked to a girl who works. 
She says people come in and they talk about other people and they just rant and rave about that other person. But there is such a thing as a procedure for reporting an offense or something that happened, okay? Like most offices have something set up or, oh, they just could care less about that. I've got to tell you my story about so-and-so. And this girl's like, what do I do? I mean, I'm not even in the process. Why are you telling me? So, but it's in the church, isn't it? We need to be careful because we know things. And if we are leaders in the church, we know all kinds of things. Don't we need to keep quiet? But what we know, it's like so tempting. Sometimes you wonder, is it even church disciplinable? In early stages of our church, there was a lady telling stories, and we sat her down with her husband and said, I'm sorry, you can't. You're telling gossip. You're talking bad. And it wasn't against us. It was just other stuff, and they left. So the book of 1 Timothy is a lot about how you run your church. But 1 Timothy 5, 11 through 13, is talking about widows. Okay, good. We want to support the widows. They, um, they're in a bad place, right? But in verse 11, but refuse to enroll younger widows for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry and so incur condemnation for, abandoning their, for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips. And busybodies saying what they should not. This is way back in the, the day, right? And here we have a perfect description of what we do not want to be. But the reason I wanted to bring it up here at a counseling conference is because I've had women sitting in the counseling office say, I don't want to tell you what's happening in my home because I'm afraid that is gossip. I don't want to gossip about my husband or my child or some of these really deep issues they refuse to share or until I tell them <laughs> the definition of gossip and part of it is Matthew Mitchell says it is not gossip to seek counsel from a wise person about our conflicts and problems so a lot of conflicts just get shoved under because I'm afraid of breaking the gossip rule instead okay it fits in with the person can take action and help me to deal with it. So they should, we should help them in that way. Are we going to tell others about their story? No need to do that. No, it's not important for others. But then, don't you see stuff getting out on social media? And how, we can call that gossip, can't we? And you get somebody makes a post... And then all suddenly all these replies come in that you're not even responsible for, but other people are talking. And blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, we sometimes have to shut it down, right? Because things, stories get out. And there have been people who, instead of click reply, will click reply all, and their complaint and their gossip goes out to tons of people. I've seen that too. Now, we can all say, well, I'm really doing my best to avoid that. But John Owen says, the seed of every known sin is in my heart. So if we're honest, we're going to say we've got 
to watch it. We can't say we're free from this. Tim Challies says, even if we've not actually gossiped, we've tipped over that line. So let's not ignore it. Let's not hope it's going to go away because it is nasty and it is vile and it is very destructive. And haven't we seen churches fall apart over talk? So there's stuff going on in the Old Testament. People telling stories on each other. And I asked Jim, he says, well, the first one he can remember, think of is Noah. Well, Noah, he's out there. He's drunk. He's sl- remember that? And so first person goes in and tells about it. The others cover it up. But telling a true story of something shameful is gossip. So Job's, Job's friends assume the worst. Job, this is your problem because... And I figured out why you're having these issues. Joseph came back, told his father what his brothers are doing. Genesis 37, 2. Now, Matthew Mitchell says tattling. And, okay, I'm not going to say too much bad about Joseph. Because <laughs> I don't want to slander him. But, if we say tattling, it says Joseph brought a bad report of his brothers to their father. Tattling is a gossiping to someone in authority, is what Matthew Mitchell says, which is interesting. The tribes, I added this one, the tribes on the west side of the Jordan River were building an altar and all this, and the other tribes, what? You're building an altar? I can't believe you're sacrificing to, to other gods. No, 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 it's not like that. But here they're assuming the worst, they're spreading it out, and all of a sudden people get hot and bothered about it. It's in the Bible. We have David and Ziba. Nobody names their kid Ziba because Ziba's a bad guy. He's one who told a woman, Bibbeth, he's trying to cheat you. And David just did not investigate. He says, oh, I'm giving you all these donkeys and everything. Well, where's your master? Well, he's in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will be given back to the kingdom of my father. The king said, Well, behold, all that belong to Mephibosheth is now yours. So Ziba's told a story, and David didn't look, search it out. And when he comes back in chapter 19, he sees the truth. This is going on way back. Okay, so I've proved it to you, hopefully, in the Old Testament. New Testament. Would you like to hear a list of the most horrible sins in Romans 1, 29? I'll read it to you. Things we have to avoid. Just like massively evil sins. It says, People of a debased mind, do know, they do what ought not to be done. They are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips. And then we have slanderers, which gossip and slander is similar, right? Very fine, small line between the two. 
haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Terrible sins. So we know it's a horrible sin and it should be put to death, right? We're told, Romans 8, 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And then one of my favorite verses, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, lay aside every weight, sin, which clings so closely. Okay, so some people have a real problem with gossip, don't they? You know who they are. Because you avoid them. <laughs> so these gossips, they, number one, are damaging themselves. Okay? We, and I am going to be living in the book of Proverbs here for a while. Proverbs 19.5. And this is about a false witness, but I'm taking it in terms of people telling stories they've not verified. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. So, you think to yourself, why am I telling this story? What's my purpose? Is it to help? Is it to get somebody's advice? That's a good way to check yourself. Um, and then we may say, well, okay, I don't know if I really have that problem. I know tons of people who do. <laughs> but Proverbs 16.2 said, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. The motive behind our little stories. And First Peter 4.19, and let none of you suffer as a dot, 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 a whole list of things, but one of them is a meddler. Just putting your nose in other people's business, spreading stuff around. So we don't want to gossip because we're put in this category of being condemned. Not only that, but gossipers are hurting the people who are listening. And that could be us very easily. So Proverbs again. 17.4, an evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. So now we're talking about being on the receiving end of gossip. And we are going to go through Proverbs 6, a list of six things the Lord hates. Some of you may know this already. If you know a song by Judy Rogers, who helps us memorize this passage. I don't know if you you know that song. Anyway, it says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, 
and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises evil plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. And that could be Aunt Sally or whoever it is you're thinking has got a gossip problem. So, sometimes we can be tempted even to get the subject started. I'm not going to gossip, but I'm sure going to ask, so how are things going in this situation? Can you just, that's fishing for information. It's none of your business, most likely. You just want to hear what's going on. That is just, I've even found myself doing it. So just talking about a subject and seeing if somebody picks, takes the bait. I'm sorry. I, there, I just admitted it. Okay. And when you listen to gossip, and as really kind of slanders, we're including that. It says we can think, start to think badly about a person because of what we've heard, but we have no idea what the other side of the story is, right? And Proverbs eighteen seventeen is our great biblical counseling verse, says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. And that could happen in your counseling office, where the wife comes in, my husband, he ignores me, he's out every night, and he's, he's on the internet, and you know what's on the internet? And then you talk to the husband later and he goes, yeah, my wife, I mean, she's screaming at me. Of course I'm out because I can't stand to be there. And yeah, we get two sides. You hear her side and you could get caught up in that if you don't investigate. So we have women who gossip in the counseling office, don't we? Oh, this is great. I love an hour of talking to somebody about how bad my husband is. And they're listening. I love it. I've had that case, okay? She comes in there, and finally I'm just going, we can't talk anymore about your husband. That is enough. I've got the story. (laughs) I've heard it, and now you're repeating yourself. (laughs) So we're stopping. We're going to, it's the person we want to talk to is the one who would like help, not just ragging on their husband over and over. And I hope you guys don't have that problem, but sometimes they come into your office. Now, another companion verse to Proverbs eighteen seventeen is, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. Proverbs 25, 2. And gossips also hurt those people they're talking about. So, as Heath Lambert said just now, Sin can burn you even if you don't sin. So here, we've been burned, some of us maybe, by having a false story spread about us. And you have no chance to track it down because it's kind of circulating out there. You don't even know where it came from. But it spreads, and your reputation can be damaged without any chance to tell your own side. This is so damaging. It's terrible. So, But it's difficult to confront the sin. I admit that. Because we have a hard time telling, is this gossip or not? I just had somebody on the phone to me this afternoon. She goes, I said, she 
told me this big story. And I said, yeah, well, I'll see you tonight. I'm teaching about gossip. She goes, did I just gossip in what I said to you? <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> I wasn't, I was said, I need to give you the definition of gossip so you know. Yeah. If you're telling me a story because I'm just hurting so much and I need counsel, how do I, how do I deal with it? That's a different story than just, guess what happened? So, Matthew Mitchell has a helpful comment. He says, would you say this thing if that person was right here? Isn't that a great way of thinking? I'm going to not say it if they can hear it. That should put a stop to a lot. But, my goodness, it's so appealing. That's why it's so difficult to handle. And if those of you who know Proverbs know that they repeat themselves, right? So here we got twice we have the same verse. We have the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Yum, yum. I know something. It's, that's why it's hard. At least it is for me. It's hard. It can be like you take one little potato chip and then... You want more, and you want more, you can't stop. Even if you're not spreading, you're listening. So bad. Bridges, we love Jerry Bridges, and we love Respectable Sins, that book. He says, he's got a chapter on gossip. He says, it feeds our sinful ego. And by that, we're talking about people going down. You hear about sexual sins, you hear about calamities. Oh, wow, you know, I'm not there. Thank you, God, you know, but I kind of like, you know, I want to hear the dirt. So, we also have a hard time with gossip because sometimes it's just coming out. And just because we're talking too much. We're talking, talking, and all of a sudden we lose track of what am I saying, and why am I saying it? And <laughs> Proverbs twenty nineteen has so, has so many verses on the tongue, but we got this one. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. The one that just talks, talks, talks too much. It's bound to come out. And there are some of us who don't talk much. But do you think we're avoiding this sin? We still have temptations to that sin if we to sit quietly all the time. Because when we talk, sometimes it comes out. I'm being honest. Sometimes we just share something for prayer. Would you pray about her marriage? Etc., etc. Too much detail. Okay, We can act holy and we're still gossiping. But another thing that's so terrible about confronting the sin, because if you confront the gossiper, do you think she'll turn on you? Or he? They could turn right back on you. Oh, well, you know her. She's just got such a judgmental spirit. And you get talked about because you even did the confronting. So a lot of us would just like to leave it alone and pretend it's not happening. So 
that stops us sometimes. Now, why, why should we avoid it? It's, let me just tell you some really great things, okay? For one thing, we, Christians should be known as trustworthy people, okay? So when we want to share a story and send it out to the whole church about this thing that happened, would you please check Snopes.com first before you send it to everyone? Okay, because Christians are trustworthy, and pretty soon... Either everybody's believing this story, which is a fake story, and then how do you track that down? Okay, everybody, would you just... Okay, sometimes we do get the email later. Did you check Snopes? Because this is a false story. It's going around the Internet. Let's not do that. Let's just be really careful what we're putting up there. Because, ha, Proverbs 14, 15 could be a memory verse. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. I'm just being really careful before I push send. I'm going to be prudent about this. And God promises if we don't gossip, we're going to be blessed. Proverbs 20, 19 says, wait, it doesn't say that. Proverbs 2019. I've got the wrong verse. I could tell you Proverbs 17.4. An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to mischievous tongue. And then as I, after I turned in my outline, I thought of one more thing. It's such a great blessing about not gossiping, and I've added that we can bring healing and reconciliation instead of dividing. So that's what gossip is doing, right? It divides half the family against the other. The divorced mom against the divorced dad. And the kids are hearing all kinds of stories on both sides, right? But if we're listening to truth, and we can actually work on repairing. And my verse for this, again, Proverbs 26 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Can we just bring peace in our families, in our churches, on our committees? If we just don't talk too much, whisper and quarrel with one another. Matthew Mitchell's suggestion is we should talk to people and not about them. Okay? You see a problem happening? You're not going to talk about them. You're going to go to them. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? For they shall be called sons of God. If your brother has something against you, you go leave your offering at the altar. You go and you heard something. I'm just going to go talk to you about it. That would solve a lot of problems. Could put a stop to things right away. So, when we're listening... And we hear gossip come up. Here's what I got off of Eric Raymond's blog. I've never met Eric Raymond, but he's got good stuff. Especially, it all starts with letter R, which is great, right? (laughs) Okay, he says we should refuse to listen. Okay? So his little suggestions are like these. Have you talked to her or so-and-so about that? Have you talked to her about that? Okay, you're telling me about her situation. Have you talked about that to her directly? Or, please don't drag me into your issues about her. 
Just like, I don't want to hear it. Na 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 na. Put our fingers in our ears. We're just like, I'm not going to listen to that. Takes guts to do that. I'm telling you. Okay. So, we could move to the next stage and rebuke the sin. Okay. He says, gossip starts slowly. Then the conversation begins to carve up someone's character like a Christmas turkey. (laughs) Okay, so don't let it get going, all right? Because we've all been horrified at what we've heard, haven't we? Different times. It's like, well, I can't believe they just said that. We've got to stop it. And sometimes that means you just have to just cut in there. Just interrupt. Um, And his phrases would be something like this. You're really speaking negatively about so-and-so. Like, call attention to it. That sounds really negative what you're saying. Have you spoken with them about it? Again, go back directly. It's good old peacemaking terms, okay? Or another thing could be, well, let's not delve into that. Haven't we been at prayer meetings when you hear, start hearing the stories? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, it's time for another prayer request. Because, please, I mean, now we're in a group. And everybody's listening to this big, long tale. Eric Raymond says, let's just call it a sin. And we heard that from Heath Lambert, right? We use the word sin sometimes. That should pull people up short. Um, that's really hard to do. It's got to, you know, you got to be loving, all these things that peacemakers teach us. But we're thinking about what God desires. And so I'm going to do that for God's sake. And he says, redirect. So you've got to refuse to listen, rebuke the sin, redirect. So realizing Jesus has died for the sin of gossip. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> So we send that person back. Have you talked to them about it? Go back and did she really say, did she say that she hates the carpet in our church? Did she say that? Are you thinking she says that? I mean, people get into this whole like I'm thinking they think that when it's just made up stories a lot of times. So if gossiping is a sin, we are brought to confession, asking forgiveness. Okay, you sinned against the Lord. You've sinned against the person who listened. And you sinned against that person you talked about, too. And how massively changed families and churches would be if we just went back and cut it off and asked forgiveness. Even like a stray word or comment, it's, it's going to change the nature of our relationships. So, let's talk about some good speech. All right, we've got this. Anybody in Rotary Club? Anybody know the Rotary? What are they? The five? What is it? The five things? Four-way test. The four-way test. Okay, here I'm going to give you some other ways to think. Also, starting with this. Um, well, Philippians four eight. Okay, that's basically it. But Ian Murray. Told, he, he's written a biography of Amy Carmichael. I've not read it. Oh, really? It's a new book. It's going to be great. I have a copy. But apparently, Amy Carmichael has this system in her 
thinking, it's written down. It's T-H-I-N-K. Okay? Did I put it on your outline? Okay, good. So, that's also the Philippians 4.8 thing, right? Is it true? Just full stop. You just stop there. And that's including what did they think when they said that? You don't know that. We oh, we do not know unless that person's told us what they were thinking, that they hate the pastor's preaching or she's mean to me, all that garbage. So is it true? So Philippians 4, you know that. Whatever's true. Uh, the H would be, is it honest? So, okay. And I put the verse, let your yes be yes and your no be no, because you just... Be straight with people. I is it inspiring? Philippians four eights are help also. Whatever is honorable. Am I going to tell this because it's honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it something lovely and commendable? Is it excellent? Okay, that should govern all our speech. Right there. And then necessary, if you can find a verse for necessary, please tell me later. Uh, K, is it kind? And I love Proverbs 31, 26, the teaching of kindness is on our tongue. Let us be known as kind people instead of the lady that they want to avoid because who knows where that story is going to end up. So, somebody tell me their favorite verse on how to speak. What does the Bible say? Give me a great verse. What's that? I think I heard it. Yes. And do we know what where that verse is? Yes. Ephesians 4.29. It bears looking at. This is what we tell ourselves. We're not gossiping. Okay. Read it. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Let's memorize that. All of us talk. I told my son, I'm going to give a talk tomorrow. He goes, Mom, you always talk. (laughs) Okay, yeah, but we're going to talk about our talk. And say, let it not be corrupting, but only good for building up. That should govern everything we're saying. As it fits the occasion, is this the time to bring it up? That's another thought, right? Is this appropriate right now when we're having dinner together and all of a sudden she did this and I caught her on the, doing that thing. Mom, you better take care of that. It's not family bonding time it's tattling time so that's not appropriate as fits the occasion and we want to give grace to those who hear so we want to be the person who can keep the secret and we want to be the person who can give grace when I talk to her you know I just feel I feel so loved I feel so cared for Instead of that, I'm afraid to talk to her because she's going to go talk to her best friend. Or she'll go tell the pastor or whatever. 
So we want to be having this reputation. Uh, do you have any other favorite verses on speaking? Yes. Okay, so Julia's got the proverb about the honey. I'm just repeating because people will be listening to this later. Um, yeah, like. It's on your fridge? <laughs> okay, somebody find it real quick while we're talking. And Kathy had a question? Yes, sometimes I think people gossip and say things about other people when they're not even kind to themselves. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that. Kathy's made an observation that people who gossip are often not even kind to themselves. You mean like knocking themselves down? Um, talking themselves down or just even um, being caught up in any kind of gossip, but you find out they're not even kind to themselves in the way they treat themselves or, you know, we treat... We treat um, Strangers kinder than we do our own selves sometimes. So Kathy is observing that people who are maybe could be kind to others, but yet not kind to themselves. Not kind to themselves. So gossip is just part of their life, just saying negative things. Oh, negative people who would love to just share that, <laughs> share those bad feelings. That's what you're concerned about. Yeah. Okay. Good. So we've got the Proverbs 16.24. Thank you for that. And we will read that. It says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Don't you want to be with those people? Yeah, let us be those people. Even when we're in counseling, counseling them, we're going to be kind and gracious. We're going to be gentle. So, any more? I've got a couple more, but... A word could be spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. And that is... Proverbs 25.11. Proverbs 25.11. Another one, words fits the occasion verse. So helpful. And I'm going to read Proverbs 25.11 so we have it on the tape. Thanks, y'all, because I have to give this talk again. I'll use your stuff. All right, uh, that says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Perfect. Some of us um, are in hard situations. We need to keep remembering these things. I had Titus 3, 2. And I will see. Say that verse. Okay, well, it starts reminding these Christians to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every work, good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. I mean, if our words were magnified on a, a screen and people could read that, it would shock some of us. I mean, we'd all be shocked, probably, of stray words that come out. But 
even towards our friends and about our friends and our church and our whatever Christian leader that we don't like or anything, okay? We're going to be really careful with our tongues. And then I have a really nice promise, Proverbs 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, rashness, careless words, like sticking somebody with a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. That's the job of the counselor, right? Bring healing, bring wise words. I have um, Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. Proverbs 15, 1 through 2. Oh, Proverbs is our book, isn't it? Um, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Good. Good. We could do a study in Proverbs on this. <laughs> but we mostly... Now we need to spend some time doing the really deep digging that biblical counseling is known for and say, okay, Caroline, you're talking about behaviors. You're talking about things that are coming out of our mouth, words, damaging words. Where is that truly coming from? It's from your heart. So we've got a couple verses on that. Luke Luke 6.45. Here is where the change needs to happen. And you could talk all day long about behavior, and you better stop doing that. But if you don't have a changed heart, it won't come out. Luke 6.45, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So the person who's unhappy is going to just let it spill out. We can only be fake for so long. (laughs) It's going to come out. So we've got a heart condition. When we're around a gossiper or when we're tempted into that, we have a heart condition. It's fatal. It can kill you, this sin. But we go to the Lord and we say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. Psalm 1914. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, how you're thinking about things. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. To change this behavior, the temptations we come into every day is saturation with the word of God. Let me know the truth. Let me know you, Lord. A relationship with our Savior is going to be a protection. It's like a hedge around us because then we're more aware sin becomes big becomes something we're really careful about because we don't want to offend our loving father the one who sacrificed for us how could I go and slander somebody else especially one of his fellow 
one of my fellow believers. Which that happens, doesn't it, women's committee members? <laughs> okay? I've got a heart problem. Lord, give me more love. Give me more patience, compassion. Don't make me want to have my own way. Don't make me want to include other people to make them get on my side against that person. These are all the things that are coming out, right? All that ugly stuff. So basically, I've added another point here. We need to just practice a golden rule, okay? Even society knows the golden rule. It's in the Bible, though. Matthew seven twelve is one place. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Perfect. If we would just practice that, we'd all be all right. So if you don't want anybody listening to those stories about you, much less saying, but if you don't even want people to listen if they hear what she did. And do you see what she's wearing? So I can't believe she's wearing stuff like that. Or she's got a tattoo. Whatever kind of things we want to spread around. Let us, let's just treat others the way we want to be treated. You don't want anybody listening to that stuff. You could be, most of the time it's false, right? Because nobody asked you, nobody talked to you about it. So we look to Jesus. He is our supreme example. How did he use his words? His word is truth. He's not assuming bad motives, not thinking things that aren't true. He says, truly I say to you, when he's, okay, I've got to tell you the background of this, Matthew 26, 13. He says, truly I say to you. Doesn't he always speak truth, right? Sometimes he has to, truly, truly I say to you. Really true. It's really true. He said, he commends the beautiful. He commends the commendable. And here's the story of the woman who anointed Christ's feet with expensive perfume, wiped his feet with her hair. Does he want to spread a good report about her? Yes. It says, Truly I say to you, whenever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Let's, if we're going to spread stuff, let's spread how great people are, how commendable they are. I just love working with her on this committee. We planned such a great party. She did so much good work instead of, she didn't do what I wanted. And did you, can you think, did you see those decorations? I mean, really cheesy stuff? No, let's spread commendable things. We're always looking. And our hearts are thinking of love. We're thinking, how do we want others to treat our decorations when we plan the party? We want to have that spirit within us, which will come out of our mouth. John, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So just to help us come together with all this information, remember we have the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is in us. And Jesus is aware of, well, primarily of his, the loss that his uh, disciples were going to feel when he was gone. But we can take ourselves as part of that. It says, 
whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Lord, help me control my tongue. Help me just have kind words all the time so I'm not even having to fight so much because in my heart, you've changed my heart. And the Spirit is given to us. Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Praise God. So if we feel weak, remember we've got the spirit of truth. We can change, Lord willing. He will help us. When we blow it, we confess to God. Lord, I can't believe I just said that. It sounded really hurtful. I didn't mean it like that, but it sounded terrible. Or maybe, ha, maybe it was coming out of some kind of irritation we've got with that person. So you confess to the Lord. You go to that person. I, I said something without thinking, and I apologize. Would you forgive me? I realized it was the wrong thing to say. It was unkind. Um, I'm at your mercy. I want you to forgive me, and I do love you. You know, build. We're building relationships instead of destroying. And as we ask for the Spirit's help, He promises that He is our helper. He is the Spirit of Truth. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to close in prayer, and then if we have questions, I'll take those. Father, I'm just so thankful, Lord, that you do recognize that we are weak. In this area, some of us are weaker than others, perhaps, because we tend to talk without thinking. Others of us are not big talkers, and yet things still come out. Lord, we thank you that the Spirit is in us as a helper to help lead us into truth and kindness. And so I ask that you bring radical transformation in our group. Help us as we know of others who have gossiped against us to realize that you are our vindication and we don't need to go around repairing our reputations, but you are the one who knows all things and you know our hearts. You know that we've been innocent when we've been slandered. And when we have been guilty, Lord, I pray that you'll help us go back and repair relationships. Some of us may have to speak to a family member. Some of us may have to speak to someone in church. But, Father, we ask that you give us strength to do that. And as we listen in all these different situations, we hear things. Just let us be quick to jump on it, Lord, so it doesn't spread. Give us the strength to do it. Give us the mind of Christ to come in gentleness and transform our marriages, our churches, our family relationships, Lord, for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, do y'all want to leave or do you want to ask questions? Uh, yeah. The question is, would you consider telling somebody else's good news 
That's a good question. Well, my definition, by my definition, it wouldn't be, which is talking negatively about people who are not there, thinking the worst about people, bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. But yeah, there's time for caution in that, isn't there? To let that person be the one to tell? Yeah. I think that's a good question. Anybody else? Wonder? Yes? Um, but in a counseling session, you said that sometimes the woman will start to like, ask them, and you're like, oh, my husband did So how do you go back to like, the children in the house? But like, the other, you know, pretty Okay, that's a good question about somebody who's sitting in a counseling office and talking to you about their husband. And- or, yeah, or with a friend. So how do we stop them from talking bad? Okay, how can we get them to focus on how to improve? Okay, their own... That is a great question. That's what, that's what happens. Because they would rather talk about somebody else's sin instead of your own. So... Yeah, I mean, if you watch me, because I have observers watch me counsel, I blow it on this because I'm just scared to confront most of the time. But I, will, I have said, would you like me to help you with this? Do you want help? See, and that's throwing it back to them. Are you, because I don't want to listen anymore. Are we here to talk about how I can help you or what the Bible says about that issue? And that hopefully will stop it. But then you have to get firm. Some people just, they're just, like, like I said, they'd love to sit and argue for, I mean, talk and complain for an hour. And then you just have to shut it down. Because you, you're going to have to use some of these things. Like, I don't, I don't know that this is helping. or this, I'd rather talk about something positive. And since he's not here, I'm not hearing both sides of the story. That's really what's going on, right? So, anything else? Okay, thanks for coming. And uh, y'all go home. Get a good rest. Copyright 2015 IBCD. All rights reserved. More free audios are available at www.ibcd.org.